what it is, RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call at radiojustice.org, where something new or unusual to talk about for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today on Conversation Piece, we meet the amazing artist of rhetoric, the spoken word event that started it all, and the marketing director of rhetoric, Andwele Williams. Every year, people leave rhetoric with changed minds and hearts by this artistic presentation of holy truth. Welcome to Conversation Piece. Anduele Williams, welcome to Conversation Piece. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to have you here. And, of course, we have you brought one of your spoken word artists. I want you to introduce him, yes, please. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. With me today is my brother, Alexander James, one of the most prolific spoken word artists I have the privilege of knowing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, everybody. This is Alexander James. I'm just honored to be here with you all. Thank you so much. Yes. Welcome to Conversation Peace, guys. And just to give you guys just a little background. I know Andwele Williams. We go to the same church, yes. Covenant Blessing Fellowship. Pastor, I got to give my pastor a shout Not out. out. <laughs> pastor Donald M. Bell Sr. Yes, indeed. And here we are on Conversation. I've been trying to get Andwele on my show for... <laughs> I, I keep saying two years, but I've only been doing, well, I've been doing this for almost two years. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I guess I wanted you back in 2017. T today was God's <laughs> divine prerogative for it to happen right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Amen and hallelujah. Okay. Tell us, what is rhetoric? Well, there's, there's a lot to that question. Okay. <laughs> um, but to simplify it, rhetoric is a spoken word event that takes place every year in the Southern California area. Um, it's one of the largest spoken word events in the world. Um, started off as a small event uh, called the Lyricist Lounge. I want to say back in 2005, 2006, somewhere uh, during that time period. And over time, it continued to grow and grow and grow um, to where um, we started packing out events at 3,000, 3,000 attendees. Um, and it's just a place for people who enjoy hearing the gospel message or biblical truth through the arts to come um, participate here. And it's kind of like a um, Disneyland for artists, you know, <laughs> where you have these um, all these uh, food vendors and uh, clothing vendors. And then you have the spoken word aspect and you have music now added to the event. Um, it's it's a pretty spectacular thing to, uh, to attend and see. So who started the the third Lyricist Lounge? How did that even come about? It was well, just a group of people hanging around after church, you know, <laughs> throwing some lyrics here and there. Or, or how did it? How did that happen? Probably something similar to that, because um, the the group that puts on rhetoric uh, or the Lyricist Lounge at the time is called P4CM, the Passion of Christ Movement. Uh, and back in 2005, six or, or whatever it was, it was actually a church. Um, it wasn't started as a nonprofit like, as it is now. It was an actual church, and it drew a demographic of, of attendees between 18 and they were artists. You know, a lot of them were artists, and they liked spoken word. They liked music. And, yeah, they would hang around and do 
poetry and things like that. My man Alex Xander James, who's here, was actually one of those people, and he can probably speak to that a little bit more clearly. Okay, so you were the <laughs> original people. For well, I mean, it gets it gets testy when you say original. Okay. There, I've been around for a while, um, though I was never a member of the church before CM. Um, it was just drawing folks from all over the city. So I, I've been on the peripheral for quite a while, uh, or a fan, I guess you could say. Um, but the the first group are these just amazing artists who who um, kind of found voice and passion. And at the same time, P4CM was able to uh, uh, give a platform to these folk. Um, and a lot of them have gone on to, are still doing incredible work. Um, so I'm just honored to be connected to them. Um, but I think what drew them was this idea that poetry has always been um, the voice of the rebellion, right? Poetry has always been the voice of those who who feel like they're not being heard. Um, and as church grew um, and got older, the generation of like, um, you're the church of tomorrow, mm -hmm. right? But when you hear that you're the church of tomorrow for 15 years, you begin to wonder where tomorrow's going to come. So those um, young adults, those young people who were really excited and really feel like they had something to offer of value to the kingdom and to God, they found a place in P4CM where they could be valued and use their gifts and the culmination of kind of that collection of people turned into this event called Lyricist Lounge and that's now evolved into this event called Rhetoric. Now explain to me what is P4CM, Passion for Christ Movement? Sure, um, Passion for Christ Movement, uh, like I said, originally started as a church. Today it's a nonprofit organization that uh, primarily um, gets the biblical message or biblical worldview out through the arts. So whether that's spoken word as we do at Rhetoric or if it's music or if it's talk show, we have a talk show series on YouTube called The Conversation. Um, the, the goal is to share a passion for Christ uh, and spread a movement that spans across the globe. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll talk about various issues that are taking place in our world and we talk about those issues from a biblical worldview. So. In church, kind of today, there's a there's a little bit of a pushback when it comes to talking about very hot topic issues. So let's say um, gay marriage or abortion or you know whatever the, the the issue of the day is or social injustice. There's a there's a tendency in Christianity and the church to kind of shy away from those and say we only speak Bible Bible only. What P4CM does and says no, that is Bible. We address all those things um, from a worldview and we try to do that through um, the arts so that it is more readily received by people who are have an ear for artistic crea uh, creativity. They'll tune in and say, oh, wow, this guy's really talented or this person is really good. What did they say? You know, and then they start to hear, OK, there is a different point of view that can be addressed. And so that's what P4CM uh, strives to do. And, and uh, the Lyricist Lounge was birthed from PC4M. Yes, the Lyricist Lounge was birthed from P4CM. Um, I, like I said, it was just a group of college-age students who had a passion for it and wanted to get the word out. Like, back in the day, the members of P4CM would go to events like the BET Awards. And they would get out there and just engage people who were attending the BET Awards to talk to them and find out what their thinking is and then offer a different world for you. It wasn't the traditional evangelistic, uh, you're going to hell type message. It was like, let me hear you. 
let, let me hear what you're saying. Now, let's have a dialogue and we can exchange and say, okay, here's what I'm thinking, here's what you're thinking. Where does this meet up or how, how divergent are these two, two of these, two of these uh, views and what's the actual truth in between those two? And th it, was a, it was an evangelistic approach, but it wasn't the traditional door knocking, hey, you're a sinner and you need Jesus and you're going to hell. It was like, I want to hear what you think. Almost like Apostle Paul, he said, wherever he, he would meet people where they were. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think, what allowed P4CM to grow um, the way it did was the approach that was taken. Um, it wasn't an um, exclusive kind of approach. It was an inclusive. Come on in here and let's 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 break bread. Yes. And I would argue, especially in my context, um, I think I can I can represent a lot of young adults in as far as like what was attractive about P4CM. And a part of it was not only the method, um, but I would argue also it was the culture. Um, growing up and being raised in Black Baptist Church, there's a culture that you understand. There's a link, there's a lexicon. God bless you, brother. How you doing, sister? Blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. Um, and when you have been born and raised in that and just, you know, hypothetically speaking, um, and you see your mother or your your role model uh, go to church and become a thing and speak a way, but Monday through Saturday, they're not seeing that same person. So you have this generation that's raised up and going, you know, is there real power in this or is this just a culture, a colloquialism, a, a lexicon that you just pick up to survive what church is? Um, and then you introduce P4CM where folks are like, wait, no, this is applicable in your actual life. And the, the sermons and the teaching and the folks that are there are speaking in language you understand um, in your culture and your colloquialism, your lexicon. And you're like, wait, they sound like me. They look like me. They're around my age. And they're actually trying to take this, this Bible thing seriously. That's refreshing. Um, unfortunately, I would argue that a lot of folks are starved for authenticity, even in the church. Um, and P4CM and, and, and rhetoric, I, I would say, is, is, has done a great job of meeting that need of just raw authenticity, um, regardless of the topic or uh, topic of discussion. P4CM, is it still a church or is it just a, a, uh, a nonprofit organization now? Yeah, it's, it's no longer a church. It's a, it's a nonprofit organization. And um, our goal, again, is to just um, to get the message out through the arts. Okay. And... So there's so what makes up PC4M or P P4CM? Uh -huh. <laughs> Maybe I should just say Passion for Christ. There you go. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep messing up that acronym. It's easy to mess up. It's all good. <laughs> um, well, it's a combination of a couple things. So it's myself and a group of other um, dedicated volunteers. It's primarily volunteers who who are with P4CM. Um, we have a production manager, Adrienne Shivers. We have our um, audio-visual, basically, Kiana Manker. Um, we have uh, various other volunteers in our operations, like Jamie Jokes and his wife, Tierra, um, Lydia, and her husband, Sean. Uh, and all these people come together to produce this event, but also throughout the year, the event rhetoric. But also throughout the year, we're strategizing, we're planning, we're creating video content um, and trying to continue the message outside of just rhetoric. So... Um, it's a, basically it's just a group of volunteers who are passionate about what it is P4CM uh, is missions is. Now, what is the website? Because I know 
of course, now when people are listening to radio, everybody or watching TV or whatever they're doing, we take out our phones and our laptops mm-hmm. and we're like, let me Google this. Let right. me go to the website. What mm-hmm. is the website? So if you want to learn more about P4CM, go to P4CM.com. Simple as that. P4CM.com. Okay. And that's P, the number four, CM.com. Correct. When did the Lyricist Lounge blow up? Was it the first meeting, the, the, the second? W- w- you know, when did you realize this needs to be an annual event or was it a monthly event in the beginning? How, how, did, how did it blow up? Yeah, I think it was more frequent than it is now in the beginning. Um, Lyricist Lounge, I think would, there would be two or something like that a year. Um, and it was at a much smaller venue uh, in downtown L.A., uh, there was a warehouse. The church was actually in a warehouse. And so they had the ability to do more frequent events because they weren't having to rent out a venue. They actually had the, the venue built in. Um, it, it was primarily YouTube was new at the time when P4CM was starting. And so the church would post content from the Lyricist Lounge. And from that, people saw it. It's like, wow, this is something different from whatever I've ever seen before. And so we started to get viewership on YouTube, hundreds of thousands, millions now of viewers on YouTube. Um, One of the most dominant pieces that is on YouTube today that has over 4 million views is a poem by uh, a spoken word artist named Genetics. And the piece is called I Will Wait. Um, That piece I think happened in 2011 I think is when she performed that piece and it blew up exponentially like because it was about a woman saving herself waiting for her husband um, to find her and the type of men that she would not be involved with during that period of time um, and the type of man he had to be it attracted a lot of um, women and men to that piece to, to just, it resonated with them. Like, yeah, I want to do that too. Or that's the kind of person I'm looking for. Or, that's the kind of woman I want to be. That's the kind of man I want to be. The way she described this person and herself so artistically. Um, that's one of the, the pieces that really kind of put P4CM's mission on the map. Um, but there's a variety of others. I mean, Tons of them. Um, are you um, the piece by Carnes? Um, oh, um, that's the one I was in the building for, and it blew my mind. Does anyone know you're a Christian? Does anyone? <laughs> it you had to be in the building for that one. It was electric. Um, but if you go to P4CM's YouTube page, um, just search P4CM on YouTube, you'll see tons and tons of videos. It just continued to grow and grow and grow. And it became an annual event. Yes, it did. Um, uh, Lyricist Lounge then became Rhetoric, and it became annual. And it, that also began to grow. I think Rhetoric, uh, Lyricist Lounge started with a couple hundred people in a warehouse. It grew. It got too big for that warehouse. It moved to a church on Adams and, um, and La Brea. Chris, Chris? La Brea. Adams and La Brea. And um, 1,100 people packed it out, right? Rhetoric got too big for that. And it moved to the OC where we had 3,000 people coming every year. And then, again, it moved to the IE. Another 2,500 or so people attended this event. Um, and so now we're doing it again this year um, in Faithful, at Faithful Central. 
Faithful Central Bible Church in Inglewood. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you guys said we were back in L.A. Yes. We were gone for a little while. We were out in Orange County um, for a couple years, and then we moved to the IE for another two years. Um, and it was time. It was time to come back to the uh, greater Los Angeles area. And it just so happened that we had a window in with uh, Faithful Central. And we said, all right, let's do it. We're going to do it back in L.A. All right. Well, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I get to go now because, <laughs> you know, because it was hard to figure out how am I going to get way out right. there on a Friday it's tough. It's after tough. work. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you guys right here going to be right here in Inglewood, Inglewood. where I'm from, where I live. <laughs> right. <down laughs> I can go home, take a nap <laughs> and roll up Florence. And still make it in on time. <laughs> and make it there on time. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved in rhetoric? Okay, so there was a gentleman named um, TQ, Timothy Sinkungu, who uh, was, at the time, the executive director for P4CM. And I got introduced to him because I was producing a um, debate, uh, a political debate, at Compton City Hall. So it was during the time of the Obama election, and McCain and Obama were the two candidates. And we're going at it. So I was orchestrating this debate, and okay, and um, I said, uh, I got introduced to Timothy. He saw what I was doing. He told me what he was doing and asked if I would help him with what he was doing with Passion for Christ movement. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. Um, long story short, the marketing director that was there at the time brought me in as her assistant. Then her and her husband left and started their own church. And then I became the default um, marketing director and have been ever since. Very good. Very mm-hmm. good. And, you know, we don't want long story short. <laughs> yeah, we want the full story. Do not, yeah. don't, do not cheat, cheat us. Well, we, the, TQ and I developed a um, relationship over time, uh, a brothership, a brotherhood. Um, we had similar views on the world, some uh, views on scripture. And um, he saw that I could add to what P4CM was doing. And I saw he could, P, what P4CM was doing could add to me. Like, I've learned so many uh, different skill sets by working with TQ. I'm a working P4CM. Like, I was not a marketing director when I started with P4CM. I had some background in marketing, but that wasn't my role. But I developed um, so much by working with P4CM because of the excellence and the professionalism P4CM operates in. Um, it enhanced my skill set uh, while I was able to kind of enhance the gospel message getting out there. So it was a... Um, Mutually beneficial um, friendship, partnership, arrangement, um, and we were able to work together really well. TQ has now gone on to move to Texas with his family, and so we have a new executive director, which I am now part of that team. It's myself and Adrian Shivers. We're kind of operating as executives for P4CM in addition to marketing director. Very good, very good. And I'm, I'm, I'm truly I'm glad that you guys are back. Um, in the Los Angeles area, and oh, yeah. I hope that you guys mm-hmm. don't ever leave <laughs> again, unless this becomes a traveling um, event yeah. for for you guys. Yeah. All righty. Well, I'm your host Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to Conversation Peace. Stay tuned for more of Rhetoric 2019 with Marketing Director Andwele Williams. And now we're going to hear a little bit of. Um, some snippets and and some some creative juices going to flow on the air with um, Alexander James and maybe Andwelly may have a little oh. something for us too. We don't know, <laughs> but we'll, but we'll see. Like um, we said earlier, go to rhetoric dot 
P4CM, rhetoric.p4cm.com for details as you are tuned in to Radio Justice LA. We'll be right back. we're at war yet, yet they still be brave. Testimony be the difference between monument and unmarked grave. Open hearts be open book cause they understand that every lost soul is like a slave ship far from the homeland. And his outstretched hand is the anchor that keeps this ship from sinking. But I've been thinking, it seems that Christians have become more like urban legends with motives that are less oasis and more mirage. But if their struggle is so real, what makes you think they can't see through your facade? Those diamonds in the rough, they see the cubic zirconia in your fellowship. They feel the fool's gold in your hug. They see the Oscar nominee playing dress up in your prayers and they don't care how many scriptures you know unless they first know that you care. So this poem is for the best supporting role that is always there. You know, the one that can break character to build character. The one that digs deep into the rib cages where tough guys hold their trust captive. Impact be nuclear, splitting young atoms from eaves that are radioactive. And I know it's not always attractive to run this race with shoes unlaced and pockets strapped. But if you keep the faith with that juggernaut discipleship that don't know how to turn back, I'll tell you, faith be bulldozer the circumstance. Faith be double-edged sword and crossroad. Faith be wrong side of the track turned yellow brick road. Faith be coal turned solid gold. Faith be a foot soldier turned general. Faith be righteousness cloaked in knowledge of self. Faith be this poem, a reminder to all the bleeding hearts that you still got some more blood left. And yes, to all my evangelists still learning how to tame the loose cannons, the ones that catch the fallen, embrace the broken, and answer the call. I want you to know that they need us all, but they don't need us post. They need us standing. Welcome back to Conversation Piece. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, with the Rhetoric 2019 team, The Anomaly, back in LA for the first time since 2011. All right, so we know how you got involved mm -hmm. with it. How do you guys select the artists? So um, there is what we call the Poet Council. Okay, and that's um, how that sounds really serious. It does, and that is, that's on purpose because we want the artists to know that it is um, something that we do take seriously. The people who we put on the rhetoric stage, um, we don't just you know haphazardly choose who's going to go up there um, because it's it's such a large and kind of prominent platform. Um, we want to make sure that people who are going up there are first talented but also have a relationship with, with Christ because it represents our organization as well. Anyway, the Poet Council um, is usually comprised of poets um, who are probably not performing at Rhetoric that year, but sometimes are. Um, and they're seasoned poets. So they're, they're, they're veterans, they've done it before, they've probably performed on Rhetoric stage in the past. So they know the requirements, they know the, the qualifications. And as we get submissions, they're usually one to 200 submissions that come in um, to be spoken word artists at open mic artists. How many submissions? At one to 200. Wow. There's never been less than 100. There's always tons of them, tons of them. Um, anyway, um, that we, we filter through those, those submissions mm -hmm. and those who rise to the top get presented to the Poet Council. Uh, the Poet Council then listens to each piece and makes um, assessments, um, based on quality, skill, uh, content, 
and um, passion um, as to whether or not they move on to the next stage or next round of selection. There's usually three rounds, sometimes less, sometimes there's only two, two stages. Um, but we have to finalize it and bring it down to about five poets um, for open mics. So filtering down 100, 150 to 200 spoken word artists to five um, is tough. It, it can be really challenging. Uh, yes. but, but what comes out of that are really talented, quality spoken word artists that step on that stage. How long is that process? About a month. It takes about a month to do That's that. That's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it depends on the, the availability of the Poet Council as well. Okay. So sometimes the Poet Council are in the same area. Like in years past, they've all, they were all in Los Angeles. Um, this year, no. That's not the case. Um, we have members of the Poet Council that were here in Los Angeles and also in Chicago. Um, so trying to make decisions when you have that distance and communication difficulties in between time can be a little challenging. Um, but again, what you come out with are really quality, quality artists. What is the application period when you, when you guys start receiving Sure. Um, it's usually at the launch of um, the, the announcement date for rhetoric. So once we put the date out, usually the, the announcement goes out that we're accepting spoken word um, open mic submissions as well. Um, and that window is about a month. We give artists about a month to get their submission in, get it all together, shoot it, send because they, they shoot it and record it on YouTube and then send, send P4CM a private link so that we can then view that, that content. Um, how long, how many pieces, how long do they have to do, do it for their, their YouTube submission? Yeah. So how long does the, the piece need to be? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it varies. You know, we don't want anything longer than, say, 10 minutes um, because a 10 minute piece performed at Rhetoric can be long. Like the show is only two hours or so. So if we have a series of 10 minute pieces. There's six people. We got an hour there, you know, that's gone. Um, so the submissions we try to keep between five to 10 minutes. We've got submissions that were three minute pieces. Three-minute pieces can be very powerful. Um, they don't necessarily need to be 10 minutes to, to be great. So we try to keep it within that window. Okay, so for our poets out there listening um, to Conversation Piece today, you guys better be on the lookout yeah. for, for Rhetoric 2020. <laughs> rhetoric 2020, yeah. Writing and get your pieces in and, and start working on, on your skill set. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank that, you. That's, I, you know, that's very impressive. I can't take... I can't take credit for that though <laughs> i mean um there's a lot of people that go into play working making rhetoric happen making the open mic submission process happen making the show happen so there's tons of not tons but there's other people <laughs> other people other than ad right how many so our team is a team of about nine oh, okay nine people it's a small group of uh people who put on this really enormous event and it's it's really good guy has to get the glory out of that like the fact that the team is so small, but the event is so large, it's it's mind-blowing how it happens every year, but it does. Um, like I said, we had a team of nine people putting on the event for 3,000, so it's the grace of God, <laughs> honestly. Right, yeah. right, to his glory. Alexander James. We don't always get to talk to a poet, right? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> no, I mean we we don't. We all you know, we we go and see poetry. We go and and be entertained by by artists. But to be able to have an artist in studio, I, I find that to be um, um, a very um, great 
thing for people to be able to have like a hands-on to be able to hear you hear from a poet directly a poet from rhetoric and um how did you get involved with the lyricist lounge meaning how did you start writing how did you know you have this creative thing in you to be able to join the lyricist lounge and say i got something to say right right well to, to, if i'm gonna be honest um i didn't think i had that in me um i have to give all credit to my ap english teacher miss jackson um miss <laughs> Rexon. miss jackson miss jackson okay um, she uh built a house moved to new york she's still living living life we still talk over facebook um i'm in 11th grade um and up until that point in my life um i remember she first day of class and my, i made it to ap english i thought i was the bee's knees and she um says hey um we're going to be doing a poetry assignment um, and I was quite full of myself in high school, uh, very much so. Um, so I waited till all the classmates left in the class and walked up to her and said, Hi, Miss Jackson. Um, sang a little bit of the Outcast song that had just come out. Um, and I said, Hey, so I'm not going to do any of your homework. Um, I looked at your syllabus. And I don't have to to get a, a, a decent C plus, B minus. Um, I'll just ace all your tests. But I just wanted us to have an understanding. Um, and said this to her face at her desk. She said, oh. And she says, well, I'll let you know that I'm not going to grade anything you give me until you write my poem. And I said, okay, Miss Jackson, we'll see. Then you get that mid-semester report card. Um, and my grade in her class was straight Fs. And I said, how? I know I did that report. I know I did that paper. And I went up to her after class. I got that all flustered and frustrated. And she said, oh, yeah, I haven't read anything you've turned in yet because I haven't gotten my poem. And pulls out her drawer in her desk and has all my work sitting there with a sticky note that says waiting for my poem. So I was arrogant because of, like, family situations and, like, culture. But I wasn't a fool. Um, <laughs> so that night I went home and stayed up and wrote my very, very first poem. And because I had taken so long, she forced me to read it in front of the class the next day. Um, so I stand up, nervous as all get out, and I read this poem I wrote called Every Poet Should Have. Um, so uh, I was arrogant and all that kind of stuff, but I wasn't a fool. So I wrote the poem that night. Um, the next day, at the end of class, she makes me stand up and read it in front of my class. And it was the first standing ovation I had ever received in my life that I didn't have to do with sports. Um, I realized in that moment I'd only ever been affirmed in by being a big black guy. So I was strong, or I was fast, or I was going to be in NFL, I was going to be in NBA. And I had never been affirmed for my mind until that moment. Um, and it was, uh, to be quite honest, crippling. I stood there and cried in front of the entire class because no one had ever said, hey, you're smart, hey, you're creative, hey, you can write something and create art. Um, I just saw myself as you know, the big athlete guy, you know, the stereotypical big, strong, fast black guy. Um, and this was the first time someone ever even hinted at the idea that I could be creative as well, that I didn't have to do sports. So she made me stay after class, and she gave me the most affirming speech that almost in a lot of ways shaped the artist I am now. Um, and after that, I wrote her poem a week for the rest of the school year. And now I literally live off poetry. I'm a full-time poet now because of Miss Jackson taking her time and seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. We love Miss Jackson. Shout we out love, to Miss Jackson. Yeah, shout out to Miss Jackson. And 
shout out to our teachers who who care hmm. and, and take time Absolutely. to to engage with with students. A poem a week. How many poems do you have in your arsenal? So I just, I mean, written over time in my lifetime, yes. a couple hundred. Um, I just finished, um, <laughs> I say finished, jokingly, uh, the manuscript for my book is done. Uh, my very first book of poetry should be out at the top of the year next year. It's called Can I Be Honest? Um, so it's about 80 or so poems um, of what I would argue some of the best things I've ever put on paper. Um, and it's just a, a collection of poetry um, that seeks to challenge folks in the areas of their faith and how they view the justice system and then their families as well. So it really kind of uh, revolves around this idea of what would happen if if a man um, was absolutely honest in those areas about his struggles with his faith, about his insecurities in his marriage, and about um, how I am made to feel because of the presence in the state of our justice system. Um, as an African-American believer, um, how do you wrestle through that? Um, and it's really all through this lens of honesty. Um, I believe that if the Bible says the truth has set you free, then lies can only do the opposite. Um, and if that's the case, then a lot of us have um, normalized this life where we have um, been okay with not telling the truth all the time. And not, not like, when I say that, most people go like the white lie, like do I look fat in this? Or, you know, should I, I didn't eat another cookie, that kind of stuff. But I mean more of the, the identity questions, right? Like this idea of, of honesty is very expensive and a lot of folks don't have a savings plan. So the, the truth is like if, if the truth will set me free, um, then I'll put it this way. The, the, the preface of the books asks these questions. It says, would you be in the relationship you're in if you were honest? Would you work the job you work if you were honest? Would you dress the way you do if you were honest? Would you have the friends you have if you were honest? Would you live where you live if you were honest? Would you save money the way you do if you were honest? And I think in a lot of ways we've accepted these little lies in our lives and almost begin to invest in them with our time, our talent, our treasure, um, because it costs too much to be who we really are. Um, it may cost some friendships. It may cost um, treasure for us to be actually ourselves. And I know this to be true because people ask permission to be honest. People say, oh, it's, it's, it's culturally appropriate to say, can I be honest? Well, which makes me go, what have we been to each other if I have to tell you that I'm about to be honest? Very true. And as, as you were saying the, those, um, those questions, I kept thinking the questions that we always ask, would I have, would I still be married to this person if I was rich? Everything mm. you said, if I was honest, we usually say if I was rich. Mm. Would I have these same friends if I was rich? Would I still have the same job if I was rich? Everything is based on, on money. Right, and, and I would argue that the, my, the, the premise of my book is that the best currency you have is your authenticity. So I would argue that the, you, you being who you truly are is not only more valuable to you, but more valuable to the earth if you are a completely unique person that God crafted in your mother's womb to make you for the earth, then he saw a need and made you. And how disrespectful would it be for a spoon to tell itself it's a fork? If we got soup, I got soup, I don't need a fork. So God saw a need, gave you, the earth you, and how uh, counterproductive is it? for us to not be ourselves when we were made beautifully and uniquely. But that takes honesty, which costs. 
Right. Oh, and that's why we have a poet in the studio today to tell us the story behind the piece. Right. Because, you know, when you hear when you hear poetry or when you or when you're reading um, something creative, you're allowed that subject that, you know, to be um, subjective to interpret it yourself. But it may not sometimes it's different from what the author um, intent was so thank you for for explaining your book can i be honest and where can we find your book um when it comes out when it comes out we'll have uh, two or three presses fighting over it now so i don't have an answer um but if you guys stay connected before cm or you can follow me on um i am alexanderjames.com or uh under slash the letter b in the word honest on instagram uh, most of the information will be coming out there um, when we get closer to the book's release. What is the website again? I am alexanderjames.com? Correct. All right. Now, now you know you got to give us a piece. <laughs> what, you got to spit. Is that is that the right terminology? You got to spit something for us? Is that what, we'll is that what we take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Okay. We're not a, what, what do you have for us today? I'll do, I'll do a quick one. Um, that this I, is ready. We don't want nothing quick. <laughs> well, well, got <laughs> so, it. Yeah, so, quick, quick doesn't okay, mean uh, less in value. Okay. Um, I'll just do the piece first. So the piece is entitled Malpractice. Malpractice. I have watched shallow people attack others by pulling scripture out of context like grenade pins. The original idea of the text is blown to bits. They grab a single verse and snatch it like loose twine, unravel its actual intention like a cheap sweater to strangle someone else with the string and have the nerve to call it ministry, call it apologetics, call it tradition. It took four years to get Jessica to come to my church. My friend from work, called the night before nervous. I told her not to worry, just be yourself. So she came dressed in the nicest dress she had, draped in honesty, in high heels taller than her self-esteem. And before she got to her seat, she was assaulted by people who thought they were salt. Eyes like blades cut her down with each step. Their words drowned her in their opinions, asked her to remove her piercings in a house that Jesus bought with piercings in the first place. She caught eyes with me, threw up the peace sign, and prior to her finding a seat, she found her way out the door. I tried to correct these people, but some religious folks swim in self-inflicted wounds. They see the word of God as ammunition against people who are different and not medicine. They use wood from burned bridges and relationships and build thrones, believe that their solitude from others is some test from God when actually no one likes them. These modern-day Pharisee and scribe adorned with church lingo and a pocket full of stones but can't see the Goliath in their own shadow. But I know from experience that humility will come swiftly. The Holy Spirit will magic carpet from the floor beneath them, knock them off the beast of their ego, and like Saul, they will be forced to cry out, Who are you, Lord? 
Because if you treat people like that, maybe you never met them in the first place. If you were a doctor, that would be malpractice. You go to jail for that. Amen. Right, right. I'm Angela Birdsong, and we'll be back with more on Conversation Peace with Rhetoric. Church, I have a fear. My fear is that once a year, we meet here and lounge around lyricists, listening to rhetoric. But church, what are we doing? How much time are we wasting? Church, concerts, fundraisers, annual days, concerts, fundraisers, annual days. And if God, if he was to crush our concerts, eradicate our events, bulldoze our buildings, and like a bully, grab the church by the ankles and turn us upside down and shake what will come out. Just pocket lint, littered with love that we never let loose. We, like lazy cupids, ending the day with a quiver, still full of arrows because we were unwilling to pierce someone with love. Now, some of us will say that I've been running for Jesus a long time, and that's okay. But if the real mission is to see them saved, how many of us have been running from Jesus a long time? I've always been amazed with how little Jesus in the Bible actually spent at church. Possibly because he was always at work. You see, the signs of belief used to be a heart that burns with the desire to see the king to take feet from boat and walk overseas with eyes locked on he. He who massages Mother Nature's mood swings. He who makes saved synonymous with changed. I dare you to ask Peter. The furious fighting fisherman, he had fished all night and his net didn't work. But when Christ joined his network, it made his network cost so many fish. He had fished all night and his net didn't work. But when Christ joined his network, it made his network. Got so many fish, he needed some more net workers. Because when Christ joins your network, it raises your net worth. So church, church, why doesn't your network? Welcome back. I'm Angela Birdsong, and you are listening to Conversation Peace with spoken word artist Alexander James of Rhetoric and marketing director of Rhetoric, Andwele Williams. That was an awesome piece that Alexander James did for us going into yeah, the break, Malpractice. Yeah. That brother has a gift. He, he has a gift. He can, he's, he's gifted at public speaking, but uh, amazingly gifted at writing. So that just comes together with him <laughs> on a consistent, regular basis. Where is he in the lineup for Friday night? So, um, Alexander, it's not fully determined, but he's probably going to be our closer. Okay. He's probably going to be the closer for the night. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and who else is on the bill, if, if we can ask? Sure. So, um, we have Ruslan, who is a spoken word artist as well as rapper MC. Um, we have Jasmine Sims, who, uh, for anyone who attended Rhetoric last year, you saw her piece. It had everyone on their feet. Um, it was a poem 
uh, called Dear Daughter. You can find it now on YouTube. Just type P4CM, Dear Daughter. Watch that piece. It will blow your mind. Um, she'll be there this year. There's another artist uh, named Shy Speaks. Um, she's an amazing spoken word artist, a spoken word artist coming out of uh, Atlanta, I believe. Um, and then we have um, a gentleman by the name of J.O. Speaks, no relation to Shy. <laughs> they just happen to have similar stage names. Um, J.O. Speaks is a P4CM Lyricist Lounge uh, veteran. So he was part of the original crop of uh, poets that came out of P4CM. He's returning this year. I think he's coming out of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then we have um, an amazing uh, group of artist singers that are going to be a part of the event as well. So um, there's a group called Common Hymnal. They're not well known yet, but they should be. Like if you look up Common Hymnal now, type in this song, Rose Petals. It's a song about um, Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile. Um, and the, the, the imagery and the wordplay that he uses in that song, it touches your, your soul. I promise you. Look up Rose Petals, Common Hymnal. Um, then we have V Rose. She's a uh, pop kind of Christian hip-hop um, singer, contemporary singer. She'll be there. Um, and a gentleman named Kadeem Nichols um, will be there as well. He's going to be our worship leader for the night. Um, we have a, a great assembly of really talented people. The host um, for the event, last year's host, the last two years' host was a gentleman by the name of Kev on stage. I think a lot of people might. Oh, yeah, Kev on stage. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. A lot of people are Cartoon familiar. Cartoon scandal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of people are familiar with Kev on stage. He was, um, he, his career has shot through the roof now. So he's doing television commercials. He has his own podcast, his own broadcasting network. Um, so this year, um, we're going to have Jorel Quinn as the, the uh, host for this year. Look him up. He's the one who, he does impersonations of different pastors and stuff like that. He does a he does an amazing, uh, uncanny impersonation of Kirk Franklin. Like when you hear him do Kirk Franklin, you will swear is Kirk, but he's hilarious. He's funny. He's, he's doing tours right now with a comedy troupe as well. Um, rhetoric is gonna be amazing. Like it, it, when you step out of the vehicle, and walk to the venue, you're going to be greeted by a whole bunch of people host, um, who are going to scan your ticket in, so you don't have to wait in line um, to get your ticket. There's going to be a rap battle that's taking place outside the event. Okay, explain that rap battle. Yeah, so rap battles back in the day used to be uh, like what you saw on 8 Mile. Remember that movie 8 Mile where Eminem um, was standing on stage yes. and they were throwing a beat? This is a little different. This is a little different. This is more of a, like a poetry slam where you have two MCs, two rappers, and they're standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with each other, and they're dropping their illest lines at each other, about each other, kind of, kind, like, it's a battle. So they're, they're kind of saying what you're not and what, you, what I am and stuff like that, and they go back and forth. But because the dynamic is not to, to berate or demean or tear someone down, um, the way they do it has to be super creative and super... Um, you have, to, you have to kind of really navigate the way you do that. And to watch it, to see it happen, it blows your mind. Like, wow, he just said that illest line I've ever heard about this other person. But he didn't talk about his mama. He didn't talk about killing them. He didn't talk about any of that sort of thing. It was just really creative the way he kind of broke it down. So you got to really think. You have to be a thinker. And yes. you have to, you have to have, be a wordsmith. You cannot just get out there and start you know, blurting out a bunch of expletives and say, I just destroyed this dude in the battle. Nah. Like, you have to come with with it like language has to be in your back pocket vocabulary has to be in your back pocket 
um, in order to be a part of this this type of battle. And that happens as soon as you hit the venue. Um, and is that nonstop? So 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 set up the scene. I'm pulling up. I'm I'm getting out the car. My ticket is scanned, mm-hmm. and I'm greeted by what? Yeah, a, an array of food trucks, local food trucks from the area, going to be out on the on the venue. There's a group called Kings Meet Queens. They're doing a singles mixer that's happening outside of the event. Oh, yeah, I need to be there. <laughs> you might come and find your husband at this event <laughs> or your wife <laughs> at this event. Um, and then there's the rap battle that's going on. You got the live DJ that's going on. You got vendors, various vendors from out from the L.A. area and beyond um, going to be lined up outside selling you nice T-shirts and jewelry and um, treats and things like that. Um, and all is happening outside the event. Then... The event before the event starts, there's a pre-show. So if you want to say, hey, you know what, it's hot out here, I want to go sit down and watch something, you can go inside. Five thirty, the doors open. You can say, okay, I want to see what's going on in here. We're gonna have a pre-show featured this uh, gentleman named Kenneth Clark, uh, amazing vocalist and singer. He's gonna start us off um, with the pre-show event. Um, there'll be um, giveaways and. All sorts of things. If you find me at the event, if you see me with a T-shirt on my shoulder, you can say, hey, I want that T-shirt. And I'm like, there it is. It's yours. Um, because we're going to be giving away stuff all throughout the event. Um, it's just a really nice, family-friendly environment, um, something that um, is artistic, is creative. Um, you have a lot of people who are passionate about what happens at the event. It's something you have to be there to experience. The live rap battle. Yeah. Now, yeah. so everything that's happening outside, does that shut down um, for to bring people inside? How, how does that work? Because I think I will be so caught up in the live rap battle yeah. that I, I will be like, I'm not listening to any poetry tonight. Yeah. The live rap battle starts at 430. Uh, okay. And it ends um, around 5, uh, 530. Around five, it's about an hour long. So at about 530, that ends. That's when doors open to the event for people who want to go inside. Um, but the single singles mixer is happening um, at 532. So if you want to stay outside for the singles mixer, you can do that as well. Um, so yeah, there's- So the parking lot is blessed. The parking lot <laughs> is is blessed and lit. Like <laughs> you, you're going to want to come on through. Right, that. and that and that's a throwback from, from our pastor who used to be over the Salt Ministries right. at Faithful Central Bible Church. Yeah. He used to say, the parking lot is not blessed, <laughs> so get in your car and go, and go home. home. Right. But here, the, the parking lot is going to be It is, even blessed. after the event. So for those of you guys who don't know what the Salt Ministries is, that's the single ministry that used to be at Faithful Central Bible Church mm. on, I, can't, I think it was Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights, okay. where they used to pull a thousand plus um, people for, for their Bible study, yeah. just, just so you guys would know what the Salt what Ministry salt is. Yeah. is. But the parking lot was not blessed right. doing the single ministry, the Salt Ministry, right. but it is indeed blessed for Rhetoric, for rhetoric. 2019. Well, so literally... This is happening as soon as you get out the car. As soon as you get out the car. And um, you, you walk in, you, you enjoy yourself in a parking lot, in the blessed parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you enjoy yourself in the event. And after the event, you can still enjoy yourself in the blessed parking lot because it's still going to be lit. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is this is going to be very exciting. I, I am very much looking forward to coming to this. And just, okay, and if there's anybody else in conversation piece that – is like me. I didn't particularly care for spoken word artists. Mm-hmm. If, right. I just, I just didn't like it. Right. But when I had looked at some of you guys' videos, mm-hmm. 
I was like, this is this is different. Yeah, I I I I enjoyed um, the the messages mm-hmm. that they had in it. I enjoyed the transparency they had, the the storytelling, and you know, and I, I have been to some of the different um, venues. I won't name them. Some of the different venues here right. in Los Angeles, and I would go because one of my sisters, she she was a poet, mm-hmm. I mean, but she still is a poet. And, you know, so I liked her. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. So I would go and support her. But when I saw the rhetoric pieces, I, I, I was very um, enthralled yeah. and, and, and attracted to what you guys were, were doing and yeah. are doing. So those of you guys who don't, who say that you don't like spoken word, you may want to come out and you check wanna, out. You might want to come check it out. And that's the, one of the draws that P4CM has is the authenticity. Like, we're not afraid to address serious topics and, and situations. For example, Christianity today has a negative connotation in our country, and especially among African Americans, because it was used by racist white people to control the masses of people, right? Yes. And so Christianity now has that stain on it. And P4CM doesn't mind addressing that. Like, the fact that... Yes, this is this happened in our camp. However, we're going to be a part of the process of healing, like to, to 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 discuss the dignity issue because right now Christians Christians outside of the African American culture don't address the fact that yes, this system was used to rob black people of their identity, to rob black people of their dignity. But we need to be a part of the conversation to say, "Hey, we're going to restore that dignity to you because that was misused like Alexander's piece um, malpractice. of malpractice that was misuse of Christianity that was a violation that does not line itself with actual Christian theology and, and teaching P4CM doesn't have a problem saying hey let's talk about this let's address this because this is a part of the gospel like we need to get this message out and that's what that's what draws people into an event like rhetoric because you're going to hear pieces on that stage that might make you uncomfortable you're going to hear pieces on that stage and say whoa this is a church you guys say that in here Yes, we do, because it needs to be addressed. Right. What's next for rhetoric? Well, um, after the event, um, all of the pieces that we <clears throat> produce at the event get loaded up on our, onto our YouTube page. Um, for those who could not attend the event, say it was sold out, fingers crossed, yes. <laughs> it's sold out and you couldn't make it to the event, then you can see what's happening there. Um, but we're trying to do more on a production side as well. So we have on our YouTube page right now a talk show series called The, the, the Conversation. Conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and it features um, uh, actress Yvonne Orji. Uh, she's on that show, H- uh, HBO show um, uh, Insecure. So she's the host of our, our, uh, our talk show. So you can check our YouTube page and watch that as well. Um, but we're trying to do more. So we have a show that we, we wanted to target black fathers. Um, and it was, um, actually, one of our associates actually does that show now. It's called Belief in Fatherhood. Um, our man, uh, belief, Glenn Henry, he produces this show and we're trying to do more, more video content and podcasts. We have a podcast called a uh, guest who, um, where we interview various, um, political leaders, uh, thought, uh, thought leaders, um, Christian, uh, theologians. We, we interview those people and kind of, kind of break down some of the things I was just talking about and talk about, uh, various, um, current events and what have you. So we try to keep busy uh, in addition to rhetoric. <laughs> right. What's next for you? Um, that's a good question, Angie, and I wish you would ask me sooner <laughs> or uh, before this because uh, I actually probably will be stepping back from my position um, with um, 
marketing directing with P4CM. My family has grown. My position at work has grown. And so it requires a lot more of my time. I'm going to always be affiliated with P4CM, however, um, in one aspect or another. Uh, my role may diminish next year, um, but the, the, the ministry will not. There's already have someone in succession um, who's going to be filling in my shoes uh, for next year's rhetoric. So um, right now, next for me personally yes. is my wife and my three daughters, my three beautiful daughters, uh, devoting a lot of time and energy to them because they're young and they need their dad home with them on a regular basis. Um, and so uh, I, I won't have as much time for the extracurricular um, or um, but I'll continue to do my hobbies here and there, uh, creating music, um, get back into the, the writing of music as well um, and call it called Diesel. It's called Do You Care Enough to Listen? That's the acronym. We talk about hip hop, Christian hip hop, what we like about it, what we don't like about it. Um, and if you want to get more information about that, uh, about Diesel, um, it's at diesel.com. That's D-Y-C-E-T-L.com. Uh, so that's what I'm up to. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're busy. Stay busy. Right. Wife, three babies. Three daughters, yes. Right, three daughters. Mm -hmm. And, well, I am so glad that I was able to catch you before you left this new this position as yeah. marketing director of rhetoric so this is good timing yeah it, it really it very really good is. timing and i'm gonna have to look up diesel oh yeah please do check it out right yeah. what's what's the the the, the um, acronym yes uh do you care enough to listen do you care enough to listen so we take the first letters of each of those mm -hmm. then we'll find the website there you go do you care enough to listen dot com diesel.com d-y-c-e-t-l diesel.com mm -hmm. and let's give out the rhetoric information again yes indeed rhetoric is happening august 2nd 2019 at faithful central bible church um if you want to attend uh you can visit the website rhetoric.p4cm.com that's rhetoric.p4cm.com doors open at 5 30 but get there at four so you can see this dope rap battle that's happening before Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there for the rap battle. Yes. And all the other um, treats there. Anduele, thank you so much. Thank you, Angie. It's been a uh, pleasure being here. Yeah, this is this has been so great. And I, I am so excited. Yeah, so me too. Excited. <laughs> Looking yeah. forward. Yes, yes to, to go to Rhetoric 2019 right here in the city. All right. Well, thank you to my conversation piece guests, spoken word artist, Alexander James. And marketing director and my friend, Andwele Williams. Join P4CM, Passion for Christ Movement for Rhetoric 2019, The Anomaly, Friday, August 2nd, 5 p.m. to 11 p.m., but make sure you get there at 4 for the rap battle, at Faithful Central Bible Church, 333 West Florence Avenue in Inglewood, where the environment will be lit the moment you step out of your car with a live DJ, food trucks, and this year, like I said, a live rap battle that starts at 4 p.m. And, of course, the amazing spoken word artists and more. Go to rhetoric.p4cm.com for details. Thank you to Leslie Radford, Adam Rice, Tucker, Michael Washington of M Watch Soul for the opening and closing theme song. And always you, our RJLA family. Reach us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes as you listen to us worldwide anytime on RadioJustice.org. 
I'm Angela Birdsong, thanking you to allowing me to share this very special experience of conversation piece on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be brave, be courageous, and let all that you do be done with love. Thank you.